Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Fantastic Lady Day podcast. I am your host, Carrie Collins. And again, I hope this is in focus. <laughs> um, I doubt it is, but, you know, we'll do the best that we can. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so um, I think a few podcasts ago, um, I talked about exes and that was a really fun little memory lane (laughs) traumatizing little memory lane but um I thought today we'll kind of continue talking about my relationships so there's relationship but this is relationship (laughs) and I tend to have a lot of those um yeah I just I've had, um, throughout my life, I've had some very, let's say, flavorful friendships. Um, and I feel like just in general, girls are some level of awful in grade school. I just remember girls just being so mean and so evil to me. Um, I don't feel like, like, I don't think I was ever truly bullied per se. Um, but I definitely had people, I've definitely had people in my life think that they could step to me and that I would give a real shit about what they have to say. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I can take a lot of shit from people, but you know, like for example, there was a girl that I forget context of why she got angry at me. I I think I was sitting in a chair and I, I wasn't going, I didn't want to move. Like she wanted me to move or I didn't want to move or something, something to that effect, I think is what happened. And she, you know, got really close in my face and called me a cunt. And, and I was just like, okay, great. You have a very derogatory, uh, vocabulary. Yeah, one day you're going to rule the world or something said something to like that. I was like, "Wow, you can really articulate yourself." Or something to like that effect. And I, I feel like when you step to those kinds of people, these bullies, like it could, you know, obviously it could go either way. Either they truly are unhinged and they will attack you and like fight and do the whole thing. Or a lot of the times like what's in my case is that they are so insecure and such bullshitters and manipulators that they can't they can't back up anything anything that they say all they are are words they don't have any substance other than some bullshit vocabulary that that they think intimidates people and so um there was a second situation um i remember in high school and this is why oh this is why i hate public school um and this kid was, um, this kid was copying off of my work and I went and I told the teacher. And so of course she brought us both. And first of all, I don't even know why I had to be a part of it because he was the person in the wrong. Of course, you know, n- nothing was done. And then he started, you know, nothing was done. He wasn't punished. It was, you know, it just reinforces that, you know, nobody in the public school system protects children. Like, let's just put it out there. Nobody in the public school system protects 
children. Nobody does their job. Nobody stands up for what is right. Nobody, like, like teachers are just, I don't know if teachers are just held to this, like, you can't get involved thing, or they don't want to get involved. But I think as, like, especially if you have children and you see that somebody is getting, is do I don't know. It's just, it's this whole, and then you wonder why all these kids are all fucked up. Because, <laughs> you know, if people, they just let, you contradict. You say you have to know right from wrong, but then the wrong people aren't punished. So I always kind of had this attitude going through high school because my high school was so fucked up that um, it's like, why even, why even try? If I'm going to be penalized for doing good anyway, for doing what I'm supposed to do, then why do I even do anything? Why do I even put forth an effort? You're send like these schools are sending a wrong message. I'm getting off on a tangent because holy, holy crap. I think I could go into my whole high school experience and why I hate the whole public school system in general. Um but anyway, he all that to say, getting back to the point is he started, you know, threatening to like kick my ass. And I literally turned around with just this this plainest, most I don't want to say numb, but just like what, just like this, I could give a fuck face. And I was just like, then do it right now. I'm here. You're here. Then do it. And I kept, and I followed him down the hallway, chasing after him, say, do it. Why aren't you doing it? Why don't you punch me? Punch me. Go ahead. I'm right here. I'm not going to put up a fight. I'm a woman. Like, what is that going to say about you? First of all, what's that going to say, say about you as a man hitting a woman? Okay, first, <laughs> you know, and, um, and and it's really like in my case that that has been the situation is like they are all words. They have nothing to them. But um, anyway, so I've had some very interesting friendships. Um, I remember like I had a very, very, very close friend in high school and um, I... I started really drifting into the wrong crowd, being around more drugs. Um, and she was kind of witnessing a negative in me with that. And she actually, um, because she, and I, and I understand it now, but in my sick, toxic brain at the time, I, I saw it as betrayal. But she went and told my mom about the drugs that I was doing and the people that I was hanging out with and how she was concerned about me. And um, when I found out, I lost it. And we, when I say we were close, we were sisters. We were the closest I have ever been to someone in my life. And because she loved me and cared about me so much, she made the decision that she would rather me hate her for the rest of my life and survive this than um she risked our friendship from for my life is what really the the thing was and i was so awful to her i cut her out i felt so betrayed by her and our friendship was never the same um i mean i'm still not friends with her today like we don't have any communication or anything but that, i think that's the one thing I don't have a ton of regrets in my life, but that one I do regret. She had, you know, a lot of issues and a lot of problems herself. She came from a broken home. Her family was kind of crazy. And so, I mean, I think she had her own things to work through. But that, the fact that she 
cared about me enough. She cared about me as a person, as a human being, just on that level, regardless if I was her friend or not. Um, and I completely just obliterated that friendship because of it. It's, it's one of the one of the biggest regrets of my life that that I let that I let that happen. Um, but I always kind of, I always felt like growing up that my friendships had a shelf life of like max two years. <laughs> like, um, I think in, in grade school, it's easier to have newer friends every year just because you, you transition to a different classroom. You know, a lot of what I realize is like people just like convenience. If you don't, if it's not convenient for them to be your friend, then it takes a lot of work to have really substantial substance-based friends, um, you know? And um, to this day, I literally only have like one real, like, I, I don't want to say one. I only have like maybe less than a handful of people that I have maintained friendships on some level um, for multiple decades. <laughs> and, um, and it's not, and I think the biggest thing for me is that it's not one-sided. Um, and, um, like, I have one best friend. And that is it. I don't need, I need, all you really need is that one person who gets you and understands you and loves you and supports you. And, um, uh, I mean, you know, obviously other than my spouse, but, um, anyway, um, I, I, for the longest time I had three really, really close, what I would consider best friends that I met throughout different periods of my life. Um, my friend Megan, I had met during college and I feel like college, at least in our situation, I feel like you really do trauma bond those, you know, 24 hour gotta get your projects done before your presentation kind of thing. I mean, it's like really trauma bonding. <laughs> um, but we got really, really close and we maintained our, our, I want to say closeness. Um, it was really a one-sided friendship from the beginning. Um, you know, if, if I, it, it, definitely with her, she's kind of one of those people that like, unless it's easier for her to like, she's, she's not going to be the person that's going to, she was never the person that was going to reach out to me and check in. And so, I mean, we did maintain a friendship because I wanted to maintain the friendship. Um, unfortunately, <clears throat> there was a situation, um, that happened, I want to say maybe two or three years ago, possibly. Um, and she went, she has, she's older than me and she's just really been in a kind of a, a weird place in her life and she was coming off of some really big things happening and you know she's just was in a different situation but the thing that you know she un always understood about me was that we both suffered from severe severe anxiety and she's even on medication as well for anxiety so she knows um my situation with that 
And, you know, she's also, we're also, but we're in a different situation where is, you know, I have a husband, he has his family, we have children, there are other contributing factors to me making decisions about what I do and where I go and how I spend my time. And on compiled on top of that is, you know, dealing with the severe anxiety, which does make me sometimes inconsistent or I cancel a lot or it's just, you know, certain situations when I'm at the height of my anxiety. And she's in a different situation where she had to uh, close her business and, um, you know, she's single. She has no children, you know, um, and so she's a little bit more free with her time and how she spends her time. But, at the you know, and understanding that, you know, both of our time is very valuable. And when we choose, when you choose to spend time with somebody, you know, you, you're taking that initiative, right? So there was an altercation with that. And I was not in a good place. I was actually doing multiple therapy sessions while I was out there. I was kind of at the peak of some, some really, really severe anxiety situations. Um, And so for me, committing to going out with friends and, and spending time in social situations, which give me more anxiety, it was really hard for me. And I remember I kept having to cancel. And then there would be things that would come up that my husband wanted me to be a part of with his family. And so I had to cancel again. And so I think I canceled like two or three times, which, listen, I understand how that's frustrating. You know, if you're trying, if you have like this busy schedule and you're trying to pencil things in, um, but, uh, she, I don't know what her life or her schedule or what caused her to be. So I don't know, but, um, she got so she sent me after the last time that I had to cancel or change or whatever. She sent me a I don't even know how many how many paragraphed text message first of all about how I was disrespecting her time and and she tends to and I I worked with her in business so I saw <clears throat> she definitely has these like two personalities she has this very intense business personality that is very cold and and very dismissive and very just it sends chills down my spine when I have to witness her go into that. Um, it's not loving. It's not. It's very cold. It's the only way I can describe it. And she never. I. I've gotten, you know, in trouble with her or whatever, you know, working with her, I can definitely decompartmentalize, um, you know, when I'm reprimanded at work and when we're in a business setting, but this was, I have never been, I've never had her treat me that way in our personal friendship setting. And I think that was kind of my, I think that was kind of like my last straw. You know, this person has, you know, she, I, God, I love this. I love her so much. And she's just, such. A, she has so many things that are just absolutely amazing about her. But, you know, I, I remember I would go out and visit her and, um, she just had 
just at that time in her life, she just completely disrespected other people's time. I remember um, I waited for her for three hours to get ready just so we could go out to Starbucks that was down the street to get like a coffee or whatever. I had to wait three hours for her to do her whole whatever morning routine. Um, I'm usually done in about 10, 15 minutes. If I'm just going to get a coffee, I don't even have to put makeup on. I don't really care about all that. I had to wait three hours. She just completely always disrespected the time. She, um, she never once, never once has ever contact. Like if we're not, you know, in the same place, it like, unless we were like working together or if I was taking the initiative, I have not talked to. I have not talked to her since last year. She has not reached out. She has not text messaged messaged me. She has not. I mean, we will, we are losing our friendship. Um, I just kind of realized, and and I have no hard, I have no anger. I don't have time to have anger. I don't really like want to carry around any of this. Like it saddens me. I'm disappointed in, in our friendship. Um, but I think, you know, there's a season. Sometimes people are a season um, and sometimes people are a lifetime. And and I definitely think our season has come to its end. It, I'm very much in the realization that we are in completely different places in our lives and our priorities are very different and our wants and desires are very different. And it's okay. It's okay for friendships to to pass away. <laughs> and And that's what I did. You know, I I, she's never, you know, over the years since she moved to California, you know, I never had that close relationship with her anymore. So there, there wasn't much grieving in this relationship because she never put a lot of effort into it unless I was in her presence. And so, and that's okay. That's just, I understood that that's what the relationship was and I was okay with that and I accepted that. Um, my other friend, God, I still, I love her and I just want to, I just want to put that out there, but she has been through so much trauma in her life and she was willing to drag me into her trauma and I went willingly because, you know, as somebody who obviously has her own trauma and experience, you're more vulnerable to continuing trauma and not setting boundaries like obviously boundaries my whole entire life has been a hard thing to do and I just remember there would be situations that she would she would put me in these fucked up situations and it always revolved around men I don't know she's just like she just could not she could not be alone she had to be in a relationship and I know it all stemmed from family problems and um, I mean, she went through like some real fucking trauma. Like, like I know I went through trauma, but this girl endured, endured and came and overcame, you know, some, some heavy shit that I don't know that I could have taken on. Um, but with that and not having that resolved, she was okay with putting people that she loved in like myself in, in very compromising and very traumatic situations. Um, and yeah, (laughs) with very, very traumatic men. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to get into too many details because this is like with her, because this isn't, you know, my story. And, 
Um, I just realized, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, there was a specific situation. I, at the time I was dating my husband and he was in Florida and I just didn't want to have a long distance relationship. And so she lived outside of Tampa. And so at least I could be in the same state as him. And if I wanted to drive however far it was to get to Pensacola where he was, um, I would at least be in the same place. Um, it'd be easier. And so I ended up moving in with her and her dad, like way out in the fucking boonies. It was such a shitty situation. Um, anyway, she just had been dating, dating the one millionth toxic guy, you know? And, um, and I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember all the details because it's been so long, but she would, like, I moved, I literally, like, moved in and she left me with her dad, who I have known for all of less than 24 hours. Not that I'm saying he was a bad person, but I mean, she left me because she just had to go stay the night with this guy in Tampa who, by the way, was a horrible, horrible, narcissistic, piece of shit person. And so that's just kind of the way that our whole relationship went. She always prioritized these these toxic men over, not that I'm saying that I was a healthy person at the time, but like, you know, I definitely wasn't someone out to get her and wasn't out to just, you know, traumatize her and be a toxic person with her. And we were both on this really deep healing path. We met when I was doing my yoga teacher training in Colorado. And, um, and we just, at first, you know, I was having, I, I couldn't warm up to anybody in my class. Um, but she, she seeped in and I, I feel, I felt her beautiful soul and we connected, um, at that moment. And, you know, I really, when she can be just her in her authentic self, she is probably the one of the most beautiful people I have ever met in my whole entire life. And I just wish that she didn't have all of this extra shit that she has to have in her life. I just wish that she could have been just that authentic person all of the time. And, um, you know, her... Her thing is life is is saving other people. And she contracted for what at least I don't know who she is now, obviously. I don't have a relationship with her like that. But um but at that time she she wanted to take on other people's trauma and try to be and try to heal and and embrace the people that nobody wants to give second, third, fourth, fifth chances to. And and that's a beautiful thing if you can take it, but it she has definitely put herself in in situations that you don't recover from. Um, and again, I you know her story is not my story to tell, but just trust and believe that um, the type of men that she has chosen to surround herself with these very deep seated traumas and abuse um, have have hurt her very, very much. And I had to sit and, and I think that's a part of it too, is like, I had to sit and watch her allow these men to do this to her. Um, and feeling like she chose 
this toxic behavior over true healing and friendship with people who truly care about her and want good for her. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we still communicate, you know, every once in a while, we'll kind of check in with each other, like every six months or something. So there is that door that's always open. But um, I think, you know, after moving in with her and experiencing things on a regular basis with her, I realized I had to, I had to set a boundary with her. And especially once I started having my own family, um, I was never going to put my children in the situations that she had put me in that were very dangerous. Um, and, and I had to step away from that friendship um, just for protection of myself because what she has decided to take on is great and whatever for her or however she works through it. But I wanted no, I don't want any part of, of that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be put in a situation where I can be traumatized and be in a toxic environment and be hurt and be, you know, used and manipulated and, and just, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, and so because of that, we've really, we really shifted our friendship, but it's just so weird because I know if she were to show up on my doorstep, we have one of those friendships that we can come together and it's literally like no time has passed. Um, we could be completely different people and it would probably feel like I just saw her yesterday. She's just one of those people that is just so open she has no boundaries so she just lets you in and she just lets you see her for who she is in that moment and i'd love that about her and i wish that i could be that but i've just been hurt so many times that i realized that i had to protect myself by setting boundaries um the last um friend shit I don't even know how to describe it. It was, um, I met this through my, I started my healing journey. A lot of these people I met during my very deep, intense healing journey. And I feel like, you know, obviously people who, you know, are going through, you know, who are finding yoga and finding, you know, health, their health and these things, like, obviously they recognize, you know, that they have trauma and they're trying to sort through their trauma. So there is a level of when you're going through your healing journey and you're meeting people on your healing journey that they're also trying to go through stuff. So there is a bit of compassion and there is understanding uh, on my part for everyone's, how they choose to walk through life and how they choose to walk through relationships and conduct themselves and the boundaries that they make. So... At this yoga stu studio I was going to, um, I met this woman who, uh, she let me, okay, before I say anything, I just want to have a disclaimer. Um, do not do healing work with anybody who is not certified, who is not trained, who is not licensed in the, um, in the healing modality that you are seeking. So if you are not working, if you are working with a quote friend, that um, is actually counterproductive. If they're taking your money for it, 
Um, that is actually illegal. And, um, um, and, uh, yeah, just protect yourself on that. Seek actual professionals who you're not related to, who you don't have a relationship outside of your therapy. That is also illegal. You will lose your license if you have a relationship with, quote, patients or clients outside of the uh, healing modality that you are providing as a service. So I just wanted to put that out there because, you know, as a very, very naive um, person, um, I made these mistakes with this individual and, and I don't want that. I don't want my situation to happen to other people. So this story is more of a story of just warning. Um, and, um, anyway, so I met this woman who, if you haven't heard of EFT, I definitely recommend looking it up online. There's a whole, I mean, there's, there's a ton of information about it, but it is emotional freedom technique and where you do tapping on certain points, acupressure points in your body. And basically it's a lot like another, <clears throat> another thing I would recommend looking up is EMDR. EMDR is, um, <clears throat> these are kind of based in the same ideas where you use certain techniques and certain, certain repetitive motions to basically reprogram your brain in trauma. So whenever you get triggered or um, something comes up that is associated with that particular trauma, um, your, and it, your response to it is dulled and dulled and dulled until it gets to a point where it doesn't, it still exists. You can, uh, you can see it for what it is, but you have released it so it doesn't trigger you anymore. If, I hope that kind of makes sense. That's just kind of like a quick idea in my head of, of how I connect those those modality, those healing modalities. Anyway, so um, I got connected with her because she did e, uh, EFT. And she um, is just a person who, she was diagnosed with lupus. She, I think she ended up having some sort of thyroid cancer or something. She had all these surgeries. She had all these health issues. And then she found this practice. Um, and I forget how, how she learned it and, and whatnot. Um, but she, she testified to it that this modality is what helped heal her body from these horrible, horrible physical afflictions by releasing whatever trauma is, um, is connected. The, the mental trauma is connected to the physical response. And so, um, uh, she actually worked with a lot of people and she, um, actually charged for having these healing sessions with people. And this is where I have my disclaimer. Um, she is not certified. She was not licensed. She has, um, I'm pretty sure the only real training that she had was just what she experienced with the person that she went through it through. Um, and, um, so I started working with her. Um, I don't know. I just felt this really, I felt that felt. I, and now what I understand is I'm very, very much attuned to narcissist because that's my generational trauma is narcissism. Um, she's very much a narcissist. Um, and, um, so I definitely 
got love bombed. Um, and, and coming from, so I'm coming off of the heels of a very sexually abusive relationship. I'm coming off of the heels of, um, my parents divorcing. So that's literally happened within this year that I met this lady. Um, so, um, my family life, my childhood trauma, my, um, relationship abuse. So I'm coming off of like, I'm, I'm in a very vulnerable, vulnerable place. And what I want to say, what I want to also highlight too, is that when you're in a vulnerable, vulnerable place, you do get desperate for, and like I said before in other podcasts, you know, I never thought that I was supposed to be on this earth to suffer. And I wanted to release whatever was inside of me. And this woman was helping me do that. Now, Narcissists know um, the things to keep you and the things, how they can basically torture you. And um, that's where my lines always got blurred because um, she was very controlling. She was very, um, she had this very, very tumultuous, and, and I'll talk about the daughter. It was a mother-daughter that um, I got in through her and doing our work together, we eventually formed a friendship, a very deep friendship. And I think what I, I came into a very interesting dynamic because her and her daughter had a very traumatic, have a very traumatic existence together. Um, and I think that, you know, as somebody who was looking for a new family because my family was so broken and so awful and it just felt, it just felt so bad to be a part of my family at the time. Um, I was looking for a new family and she was so loving and she was so caring and, and we were doing this great healing work. And I think for her, it was healing to have a daughter that wanted her, that wanted to be around her. So I kind of stepped in and filled the role of a daughter. And I think where it started getting toxic because of the family dynamic. Um, And of course, she's going to prioritize her own biological daughter over me. And I think there was some sort of feelings with that on my part because I wanted such I I felt like she was more healthy with my mom. I mean she cared about her health. She cared about her well-being. She cared about my health and my well-being and she was very nurturing and she was very loving because it served her, I, I realized. But um the day came and I and I ended up having a relationship with her daughter and her daughter was just God bless her soul. She was just floundering and just she was a lot younger than I was and she was in these horrible relationships and she was very much drinking and doing drugs and just very downward spiral kind of situation and um and so a situ I started I never okay so this kind of links up so like with the last um guy that I had a relationship with James from the past episode. I will link it up here. If you haven't watched it, go watch that first before you watch this section. (laughs) But so that time and that music, meeting all the music people time in my life and meeting her kind of linked up, kind of overlapped each other. And, um, and so 
I hadn't ever, because of certain situations in my life, I hadn't really ever had like a party time in my life. And so while I was dating this guy and while I was friends with this person, I definitely was more like entertaining, going out, going to venues, obviously going and seeing these people that were musicians playing gigs. And of course there was drinking and and things like that. I've never drank more than those two years of my life. Um, and, uh, and so her, this woman's, this friend's daughter, you know, would kind of try to do, you know, try to find sobriety and this, that, and the other thing here and there, but she'd always eventually go back to drinking or smoking or whatever she does. And, um, anyway, so there was a time, um, her daughter was an artist and she had, I loved her art. Her art was amazing at the time. And, um, I was just like, how about I just take a couple of your pieces just to, you know, see if I can sell them. I'll just hang them in my house. If somebody wants to buy them, you know, that'll be great. And uh, she was like, sure. And I was, it wasn't, I didn't buy them. I didn't take them. I just loved having the pieces in my house. And if somebody wanted to buy them, then I would sell it to her and give her the money. So, and that was agreed upon. Um, I don't really know the context, but I think um, she was moving to a new place. She was moving somewhere, somewhere within the city, not out of state. She was just moving to a different apartment or moving in with her mom or doing something. And I was out, you know, with my friends, with the guy that I was dating. And and we were out, you know, at a bar. They were playing their gig, those kinds of things. And, um, And she was trying to call me. Well, no, let me back up. So... She had contacted me either that earlier that day or the day before or a few days before. And she was like, I'm moving. I was going to come by and pick up. I was going to come by and pick up, you know, these, these paintings. Um, cause I, she either had a show or she, I don't know. She just wanted them back. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And she said, okay, I'm planning on being there tomorrow. Let's say tomorrow at, you know, two 30, right. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds great. And I don't know if it was just earlier in the day or what, but um, she never showed up. She said that she was going to be at my house at a certain time. She never showed up, right? And so I was out, you know, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to sit around and wait until you're, it's, it's, con, you know, and it's convenient for you to come and get your stuff. Like I have a life. I don't need to sit around and wait for you. And so, um, <laughs> and so she, I was at this, this venue listening to my friends play, you know, we were having a few drinks, having a few beers, whatever. I wasn't drunk or anything, but, um, She's like, hey, I'm on my way to your house to get your pictures or whatever. Um, I'll be there in like 30 minutes or whatever. I don't know the exact wording, obviously. Um, but, and I was like, well, um, you said you were going to be there at Theta and you weren't. And I'm already out. Like, I'm not home. And I honestly don't know what happened. Um, she... I don't remember the full context, but it just grew into this whole thing where she just was so mad and just her, she just spit wrath. She was just 
wrath. And she was threatening. Um, she was like, she just wanted these fucking pictures. And she was hell-bent on getting these pictures. And she called, like, she called, tried calling me multiple times. And just, I was like, I can't, I'm in a venue. I can't, I'm not going to be able to talk and listen. So I finally, she, after like, I don't know how many times she called, I went outside and she just wrath, just spewed wrath about, um, I don't know specifically, I, like I said, it's been a long, it's been a long time since that happened, but she just was upset and just very threatening, very, very I mean, all I can say is wrath. It was, it was so wrathful and so evil. The things like we had, I thought had such a close relationship. And the fact that she could, that this wrath and this hatred and this evil, vile speak that she was doing to me was so unwarranted. Like, I didn't do anything. You were the one that said you were going to be at here at a certain time, and you weren't. I'm not going to sit around and wait. Like, I don't deal in narcissism. Like, I'm not going to sit around and wait. You know, you're going to have to wait until tomorrow. Or, and, I, you know, I, and I don't understand why she had to have everything right then. It's like, well, I'm out. I can bring them to you tomorrow. And then that would have been the end of, like, if it was me on the other side, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I understand. Thanks. Or whatever. And anyway, that gets resolved. I'm, like, kind of reeling from what the hell just happened. And I'm trying to, you know, my friends don't know these people, so they don't care. So it's not like I can talk to them about the situation. And so I'm just trying to stuff it all away. And um, anyway, um, I go home, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's the next, it's the next day. And I feel like, I don't think I called, I don't know if I called her mom, or if her mom called me, I don't remember the context, but, um, I've never had this happen to me since, um, or ever again. (laughs) I've never had it, it never happened to me before that happened, and it never happened to me since that happened. It is an isolated thing, um, was talking to her when I answered the phone, I was like, Hey, um, I don't, you know, basically like, I don't know what happened with her. Um, and I explained, you know, just how, what the, you know, what happened, how she missed the time that she was supposed to come and get these pictures. And I was already out with my friends at this venue for my friend's show. And, um, and I and I want to and I want to really really drive home that this is a woman that I have been doing. She knows things. She knows m- more deeper than anyone knows about the trauma that I went through from the work that we did together. She knows the deepest darkest secrets because of the because of the healing sessions that we had together. She knows my demons and she knows my she knows she knew my trauma more than anyone than the only the only other being in the world that knew my trauma was god and she proceeded to she proceeded to just berate me 
about how I treated her daughter and how I was such an her and this other friend of this of her daughters were out drinking and doing drugs when her perfect daughter was trying to get clean and just how how could I even think of putting myself in those situations when I and not recognizing you know what she's what her daughter's going through and just and it was just like a second round of this vile evil wrath but nothing hurt more than I finally just started breaking down on the phone and I will never forget the words that she said because I have felt like a victim my whole life. And she goes, there you go, being a victim again. And I just, it it literally, guys, it literally felt like the world stopped turning. Everything went silent. Like everything just stopped. And I think I even stopped breathing for a couple of seconds. And all I could do was hang up the phone and just bawl. I just, I just bawled my heart out. I just bawled my heart out. I had never felt so wronged, so betrayed, because she used my trauma against me. And in that moment, I had pure clarity. I didn't, I didn't have pure clarity. In that moment, I saw her for what she was. And everything that we had gone through and all the hope and the emotion that I had put into her to help me and save me and be the mom that I always wanted, all of that just shattered into a million pieces by that one statement. And the crazy thing is, is that she called me back. And this is the part of narcissism that you really need to understand. She called me back and she started apologizing. And then all of a sudden, they were like, she was like, my daughter's having a 4th of July party. We want, we want you to go. We, we both want you to be there. I promise. We both want you to be there. Everything's going to be fine. You guys, I needed to go because, not because I wanted to rebuild a relationship. Like, whatever we had was gone. I had no emotion or feeling. I had never felt so numb after this phone call. Like, I just, it was too much pain for me to handle. And I had a very, and at the time, I had a very, very emotionally, um, emotionally, uh, he, he wasn't, he, my, the guy that I was dating at the time, the James guy, the bullshit guy, the other narcissist I was dealing with, like, he didn't have a capacity to, to help me with this. Like, there was no compassion. There was no, it was just kind of like, go on with your day. He was a piece of, he was, he was a piece of shit. And, um, because I remember I even told him what happened and he gave me a hug. I think that was the extent of what his emotional capacity could handle. Um, but so anyway, I, I don't know 
a full reason of why I, I think because I was just kind of going through, I didn't know what to do. So the old tendencies just kind of still stuck with me. And so I did end up going to her 4th of July. I remember pulling over on the road and doing major EFT session on myself because I was like, I don't know how many, I don't know how I'm going to see these. I haven't seen these women talk to these women since this issue happened. You guys, I walked into that house hoping and praying for it to go one way. You guys, they, I walked in and they acted like nothing happened. They acted like they didn't shatter my whole reality. That was the day I walked away from the both of them. I walked away. I ran the fuck away. And I never looked back. I never contacted. I, if I were to ever come in contact with those women today, I don't honestly know what I would do. I would hope that I, because of where I'm at with my faith and my walk in my faith, that I would react differently. But um, obviously that trauma is very, very big in my life. I think that was the catalyst for the shift that needed to happen. Um, so it, in, in a large part of why it's hard to get over it is because just as much trauma that was created in that friendship there was so much good that came out of it and so it's like it's hard to sort the reality because she healed so much of me but in another breath she broke every part of my reality so it's like how do I resolve how do I resolve that I mean, I was just, I was just so vulnerable and I just was so broken and I just wanted to feel better and she broke all the pieces in me by using my trauma against me. And I don't even think she put that together. I still don't to this day. I still don't think that she truly understands what she did. I think people people who who do that who use your trauma against you I think that is probably if if not in the top of most evil things to do to somebody and that's why it's so important for me to reiterate do not go into your healing with people who are not trained, who are not professionals, who have relationships with you outside of the healing. Like, it is counterproductive. You, I don't want people to be in this situation because she is a horrible person who chose to, to do this. She should at least be penalized. She should be penalized legally for, for that because she took people's money. She didn't charge me for it, but... Um, it's unethical what she was doing with me. Um, and I was in a vulnerable place. I was, I've, it, I understand like, you know, 
I think that's why I got so involved with, um, I think that's why I got so involved with learning about cults because I truly believe that, um, I truly believe that. Even though, I mean, it, even though I was the only one being affected, I truly believe I was in a cult of her. I was, it's what it feels like. It, all the things that that happened with our friendship, it feels like that. Um, so, anyway. Um, wow, sorry to get heavy, but I just felt like it really, really needed to be talked about. Um... I just want to warn people, especially when you're on, don't take your healing journey lightly. Doing this work is not for the faint of heart. And you have to be able to trust the person that you're working with. So anyway, oh my God. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. <sighs> well, I appreciate you guys sticking with me. Um, Appreciate you guys watching. Um, don't forget to subscribe. And whew, I'm going to have to go decompress. <laughs> I'm going to have to go decompress for a little bit. Um, yeah, I appreciate you guys watching. Don't forget to uh, subscribe. And remember, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify if you want to listen to us while you're at work. Um, I have to go cry a little bit more. And probably drink a little bit. <laughs> okay, everyone. Remember, have a fantastic lady day. Bye. <laughs>